Welcome to AEM Early Access, a collaboration between Brown University Emergency Medicine and the editors of the Academic Emergency Medicine Journal. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and here's what we've got for you today. Transitions of care are a high-risk time for patients. There has been increased attention focused on improving transitions of care in the last few years, particularly among inpatients. But little attention has been paid to the transition of care that occurs when patients are discharged from the ED and return home. This is unfortunate because we also know that ED discharge processes are often inadequate with poor communication and understanding between the provider and the patient. And this can be a major driver of return visits and lack of adherence to treatment. Today's article, entitled Capturing Emergency Department Discharge Quality with the Care Transitions Measure, a pilot study, seeks to change that landscape and examines the utility of a patient-reported measure of transitional care, the Care Transitions Measure 3, or CTM3, in the ED setting, and its association with outcomes of care after ED discharge. Here to discuss this article with us today is Dr. Amber Sabatini, Assistant Professor of Emergency Medicine at the University of Washington in Seattle. She's a health services researcher as well, and much of her research focuses on improving the value of emergency care and understanding the causes and consequences of preventable ED visits and hospital readmissions. Don't forget the full text of this article available on our blog at brownemblog.com. And a special shout out to Dr. Hannah Rich, PGY4, who prepared to do this interview, but unfortunately was waylaid by surgery. We hope she's feeling better. So welcome, Dr. Sabatini. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. So can you tell us what motivated you to study ED discharge care transitions? And had there been research done on ED transitions of care and discharge processes previously? Yeah. So I have a longstanding interest in understanding the causes and consequences of preventable ED visits and hospital admissions. And so this project had actually stemmed out of some qualitative work that I was doing on patient perceived breakdowns of care and how those breakdowns of care may lead to poor outcomes. Um, and in particular, revisits to the emergency department. Mm-hmm. So um, a patient's perception of quality, uh, whether there was actually any deficit that, you know, a provider might identify as a problem in the quality of care, probably has as much bearing on their outcomes as other processes of care that we have held up as quality measures or metrics. And we don't really do a good job at measuring patient experiences of care, aside from satisfaction, particularly in the emergency setting. And so during this time that I was doing the breakdowns of care research, I had also come across Eric Coleman's care transitions measure, which has been validated among inpatient populations and now is incorporated into standard HCAPs and patient experience surveys for patients who've had an inpatient stay and realized that this might be a useful thing to apply to the emergency setting. Um, And there's been sort of a lot of attention in our specialty um, being driven by ASEP and the Clinical Emergency Department Data Registry um, of trying to develop a core set of ED quality measures. And this is sort of one area patient-centered or patient-reported measures haven't really fallen into that mix yet. So Mm -hmm. we wanted to start exploring this. Um, 
The care transitions measure is really a measure of how well the hospital had prepared a patient for self-care after they left the hospital. And so clearly that's an important domain for emergency care too, um, when the patient's not admitted to the hospital. In terms of your second question on um, has any research been done on ED transitions of care or discharge processes previously? Uh, yes, over many decades, there is um, research on ED discharges. Much of that has focused on things like comprehension of patients um, for discharge instructions. Uh, but I don't, I didn't find much research that sort of looked at it from a quality measure, policy relevant framework. Great. So can you describe for us what your study was about and the methods that you undertook? What outcomes were you interested in measuring? Yeah. So the goal of our study in its most basic form was to determine whether the three-item version of the care transitions measure, uh, which has been endorsed by the National Quality Forum, has utility as a patient-centered measure of the quality of ED care. To assess its utility, we tested whether the scores on the care transition measure um, were associated in some logical way with outcomes that you know, we hypothesized or have previously been shown to be related to the quality of transitions of care. So the outcomes we studied were medication adherence, um, follow-up with a primary care provider or any kind of provider actually, and uh, revisits to the ED. So basically, we were sort of testing a sort of form of criterion validity um, where a logical association between CT, uh, the care transition measure scores and these outcomes would suggest that, you know, it actually is measuring what it's meant to measure. And so um, returns to the ED were actually captured from uh, a regional emergency department information exchange which cataloged all ED visits in the state of Washington and arguably was probably the most important uh, outcome that we studied. And that was because on the original validation studies of the care transitions measure among inpatients, um, the reason it was reported as being a good measure of care transitions was that it uh, accurately predicted patients that were likely to have a readmission to the hospital. Uh, but the other two outcomes, medication adherence and follow-up with the with a provider were patient self-reported. So to begin to answer this question, we conducted a pilot study consisting of telephone interviews of a convenient sample of patients who had been discharged from the emergency department. And so we had trained some medical student volunteers to call patients exactly 14 days after discharge and asked in the questions about their experiences of care and then about the outcomes of interest. And we used a convenience sample primarily because we didn't have consistent RA time or support. So it was just basically to get the study done. So what did you find? So we found that patients with poor perceived care experiences, which was measured by lower scores on the care transition measure, were also more likely to revisit the emergency department and they were less likely to take medications as prescribed. Uh, we didn't find an association between the perceptions of care and clinic follow-up, and that may also reflect a little bit of what is and what is not in a patient's control. Do you 
think that the response rate of um, 22.4% was on the low side effect of the results of the study. I mean, I can understand why that was your response rate when I when you described the methods, but do you feel like that might have affected your results? Yeah, so I would say yes and no. So the first thing to recognize is that a 22% response rate is actually pretty consistent with what we get on patient uh, experiences of care surveys. Mm -hmm. So okay. um, nationally, CAP surveys, so patients that had been um, admitted to and discharged from the hospital, sit around 28%. Um, and actually, a RAND study found when they were looking at um, the ED experiences of care surveys that for patients discharged from the ED, it hangs out at just under 20% um, and a little higher if they had been admitted from the ED, so 23%. So we're, we're sort of in that consistent range of patients who might respond to this kind of survey. But, you know, obviously, from a research standpoint, anytime you have like a small sampling of the total population, um, there's a risk for bias. Um, if there are, you know, systematic patients that are missing, um, probably the biggest threat of the low response rate here is the um, generalizability. So um, because we designed this as a convenience sample, we had about 150 potential discharges that we could call on any given day that an RA was available. And so rather than setting up a rigorous sampling frame where we would attempt to recall a patient, you know, five times before we said that we failed to reach them, um, we just told our RAs to work through as much of the list as they could. And there was more patients to call than we had, you know, capacity to call. And so we recognize that because of that strategy and the fact that we were calling mostly in the daytime hours, that we may not have captured things like working individuals or, you know, our county hospital, um, which where quite a few of our interviews came from, have a high homeless and non-English speaking population. And clearly, I mean, we excluded non-English speaking, but we wouldn't have captured the homeless population well either with telephone response rate, you know, so there are definitely groups that are excluded here. So were you surprised by any of your results? Not really. Uh, I think, so I had never asked about general problems with care. So it was interesting that more than a third of patients felt that they had some problem with their care after discharge. Um, but in other studies of follow-up, particularly in the kinds of patients, again, uh, you know, one thing to keep in mind about our study is we looked at two clinical sites, and one of them is a big county hospital. So mm -hmm. our patients, you know, are maybe not quite as generalizable to a highly commercially insured mm -hmm. suburban emergency department. Um, but, you know, we've seen in other studies about half of people are able to complete um, follow-up, even when we have um, an appointment scheduled for them at time of discharge. And national studies show that about one in four individuals will have a, who are discharged from the ED will return to the ED in 30 days. And that's about the same as the number of patients who are readmitted to the hospital. Uh, it's actually one in five who are readmitted to the hospital um, within 30 days. So 14% coming back in the first two weeks is probably in that ballpark. Mm. So what was the most difficult part of accomplishing this study? Was there a particular challenge? Yeah, I think um, survey research can be um, just challenging because of the 
uh, amount of time that you have to spend executing the survey. So the analysis is pretty easy, but for us, because these were telephone interviews, I mean, it really required our RA to be persistent, you know, and to sit on the phone and to call 100 plus patients a day mm-hmm. um, to do a simple survey. And it's a lot of no's that you get <laughs> yeah. or no responses, which can be, you know, frustrating. So, um, so I, I think that that's hard. And I think um, what we noticed is we had two different medical student volunteers collecting this data. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the second one um, was able to get a much higher number of surveys on any given day that he worked. And so it really depends, you know, how, how confident and comfortable um, your research assistant is in kind of doing this work too. That's really interesting. Um, hopefully you got him a little prize or something. (laughs) The publication. That's true. (laughs) Um, so how can we use this information to improve our practice based on these results? Like, should we be using CTM three scores in the future or how, how can we implement this into our practice? Yeah. So I definitely would hesitate saying that this is ready for prime time as a quality measure. I mean, I I would definitely not advocate that yet. I think better research needs to be done. And however, as sort of a quality improvement metric, and there's a couple ways that, you know, any given emergency department could use something like this. So um, the first is um, including it in your own individual institutions, uh, experiences of care surveys, and using it as kind of a gauge to generally um, check the pulse of your emergency department. So for one example is if, you know, you have um, challenges with crowding and they're ebbing and flowing, you might see an effect on um, patient care as reported by the patients. Um, so that would be kind of one thing to capture, uh, you know, some elements of quality that you're not going to get from process measures. Uh, but another way that the care transition measure has been used and clearly not what I did in this study, but they have used it to measure the effects of um, interventions aimed at improving care transitions. So for example, if an emergency department was to hire a discharge coordinator for certain groups or employ greater use of their social workers, or maybe create a new nursing discharge process, um, you could internally measure that from a QI standpoint um, by seeing what happens to CTM scores before and after and seeing if it, you know, as one of your outcomes impacts patients' perceptions of their discharge experiences and their transitions of care out of the ED. Excellent. So what do you think needs to come next? Yeah, so um, I think generally there needs to be a lot more work done um, on quality measures for the emergency department. And that's, you know... I mean, I I just don't think we have a good cadre of measures that really reflect the full spectrum of emergency care. And obviously, we want to be very careful because we're in a time when payers are incentivizing these measures um, and they can have unintended consequences. So I think that exploring patient-reported measures is an important area in general. In terms of the care transition measures, I think you know, this was meant to be a pilot study to kind of just test quickly, is there an association here? But if we if we really wanted to hold this up and say, you know, this is this is a good thing to be including 
in patient experience measures or to tie incentives to, you know, we would need a, a much more rigorous study that used a random sample um, instead of a convenience sample and used um, outcomes that were much more objective um, and as opposed to self-reported outcomes. Um, and so, and then there would probably be um, some value in having repeated survey measurement, including a survey while the patient's still in the emergency department to capture, you know, some perceptions there. Um, because things, you know, one problem of our study is that if they had an intervening problem afterwards, that could, that could definitely color their perceptions of what happened on their ED visit. Um, and so it was sort of like a retrospective bias. And so, you know, ideally a future study would account for those kinds of problems. Well, thank you. We look forward to hearing more about your work in the future and thanks for being on the podcast. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this month's AEM Early Access. The full text of this article is available on our blog at brownemblog.com, open access for a limited time. Check out all of our podcasts on iTunes. Search for AEM Early Access, all one word. Today's music is by Scott Holmes. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and we'll see you next time.